Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asia-Pacific markets trading mix this morning. It's cautious trade times. Ryan Huang joins me this Monday morning. How was the weekend, Ryan? Wow, it just flew by so fast. How about you, Michelle? I know. I woke up this morning thinking, where did my Saturday go? It feels like this should be a Sunday. <laughs> ah, short, short break. Let's start the morning in the world of banks because last month, turmoil in several mid-sized U.S. lenders wreaked havoc on the markets with some banks going out of business, others seeing their share prices really plummet. Uh, Similarly, we saw the failure of one of Europe's biggest banks, Credit Suisse. Just how has that impacted big U.S. banks? Well, we have a clear answer to that question. As J.P. Morgan, Chase, Citigroup, Wells Fargo, they all reported earnings over the weekend. So what is the verdict here? Uh, were the big U.S. banks all hurt? So were they hurt at all by the banking turmoil? Well, short answer is no, because it was good news on the earnings front for those three large banks that announced. So let's start with JP Morgan. They posted a 52% jump in first quarter profits. And interestingly, if you look at the commentary, they saw deposits grow. And I think this kind of ties into what you pointed out, the troubles from Silicon Valley Bank, Signature Bank, seeing investors and depositors flocking to bigger banks. And in this sense, they are benefiting from the troubles or the fallout from what we've been talking about. Then Wells Fargo was the other bank in action in terms of the earnings report, and they earned five billion US dollars in the three months ended March. So that's about a dollar twenty-three per share, and that beat analyst expectations by about ten cents a share. So all in, you have banks, at least the larger ones, doing well. So it kind of shows they are benefiting as well from the higher interest rate. Um, increases they've been seeing in the past few quarters, but also worth noting, JP Morgan outlining that they may have to, uh, or they are going to be looking out for a bit of a drop in rate hikes down the road, which might mean they could afford to pay depositors less on that front. Is also going to be good news for JP Morgan. But the flip side to it is the rate hikes will continue to be felt by many parts of the economy, which are flagging could mean trouble for other business activities, which could then mean trouble for a lot more businesses and companies. Yeah, great point. So just to recap, if you just joined us, this is Market View. We're talking about the turmoil and how mid-sized banks' um, disaster seemed to help the giants rake in bigger profits. Market attention this week turns to the mid-sized banks, though. Companies whose names don't normally feature in our headlines here in newsrooms like Comerica, Key Corp and Zion's Bank, they'll be in focus. They saw their stocks hit hard and they're similar in business and size to Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank. And so investors and analysts are going to be seeing how they fared since then. Another banking story this morning, and this one about the French giant Société Générale, making news for all the wrong reasons. Why is it in our headlines? Yeah, Sok Jen is having to pay up. And this is a big sum, 105 million US dollars to settle US investor litigation, accusing the French bank of violating antitrust law by conspiring with rivals to rig Euribor, which is a key European interest rate benchmark. So this is a huge accusation and now courts are saying they need to pay up. And this is on top of what it has already um, been in focus for this uh, scandal. For example, banks that previously settled for 
a combined $550 million, include Barclays, Citigroup, Credit Agricole, Deutsche Bank, HSBC, JP Morgan Chase. So a lot of banks have been caught up in this saga. And SortGen is just the latest to have to face the music. All right, let's segue to broader markets this morning because investors appear to be quite confused about the state of the world and the economy and what comes next. So there have been plenty of hopeful signs and positive economic data, but investors seem to be worried that a recession is on the way. The New York Times puts it this way. There are two starkly different ways of looking at the U.S. economy right now. What the data says has happened in the past few months and what history warns could happen next next tell us more yeah so the big question is what is going to happen in the next coming months in the next year as we figure out the implications of for example rate hikes and we've seen a bit of a preview already in terms of how svb as well as silicon as well as uh, signature bank were indirectly victims of having to deal with the impact of higher rates which just eroded the value of their bonds which they were forced to sell which caused that bank run that eventually saw them collapse. So Mm. that's one of the big alarm bells that went off and a lot more questions are now being asked. Which other bank could potentially face the same vulnerabilities if they are stuck with, for example, refinancing? Uh, Some of the companies out there may have borrowed at rates lower mm-hmm. and may have to refinance at higher rates or repay at higher rates. And that is something that they may not be able to considering the backdrop of higher wages, high expenses and just cost pressures all around. So they could be in for more trouble. And if you look at some of the other pockets that are going to be closely watched, that is going to be including the construction industry and the property sector. Uh, for now, we've seen the tech space leading in terms of layoffs. Now, the construction industry is starting to also cut jobs. And that's off the back of what we've been seeing, the housing market going through a bit of a slump. And then the next one to watch out for will be the manufacturing sector. Uh, It's not been too long ago that they were adding jobs. Now, there's a lot of talk about how they might be having to cut jobs. And this also ties into the commentary we've seen coming forth from the likes of JP Morgan. Mm -hmm. So they have also been putting aside more money to buffer for defaults. And that's, I think, a recognition of how some parts of the economy will be going through some tough times. Yeah, the extent of the economic effects really won't be seen for months. And speaking of commentary, in one of his investor emails, SPI Asset Management Stephen Innes writes that the disparity between soft and hard economic variables is really like nothing we've seen in recent decades. So the jury's still out whether a recession is coming or markets are set to go up or down. Innes writing that he notes that once the US Federal Reserve does start lowering interest rates. It typically does so twice as fast as it raises them, which is always good news for stocks. All right, Ryan, what else is on your radar for the week ahead? Well, it's all about earnings for me and I am keeping my eye on Netflix. I think it's going to be interesting to see how it grapples with this new year where you've got more people going back to the office, mm. back to the cinema. You talk about Mario Brothers. That's been a big hit drawing people back to the cinema. Do people still hold on to Netflix as much as before, especially with the intensifying competition from the likes of Disney Plus and so on? So it's also with how they've kind of rejigged their business model 
with the advertising tier. Uh-huh. So all of that is going to be interesting color around Netflix. And then you have Tesla. Tesla has been in the headlines for cutting prices multiple times. I think they've already cut five times this year. And this is uh, interesting to see how much pressure margins will face and have faced in the past quarter. So that's going to be the EV story for Tesla. And mm. then you have other companies which will paint a bit of a picture for how much companies can pass on expenses, high expenses, the likes of Procter & Gamble, the likes of Blackstone, Amex, to some extent. And another one to watch out for will be Snap, which is the parent company of Snapchat. They've been in the past year under pressure because of a slump in social media or rather advertising spend going down. We'll see if the worst is over for Snap or is there more downside for these social media companies. Great overview. Okay, so we're going to be on the lookout for Tesla and Netflix in terms of US markets and the earnings front here at home. We're going to keep our eyes peeled on S-REITs. A lot of attention on how S-REITs are going to navigate the interest rate changes, particularly Keppel DC REIT and Keppel Pacific Oak US REIT here at home. So I want to turn next to commodity markets. Uh, Ryan, normally when we talk about commodities, uh, we're discussing oil, nickel, gold, other metals. But today I want to look at what is known as soft commodities. So first, a hard question for you, Ryan. Do you drink a lot of orange juice? I think a bit too much. So maybe <laughs> that's one reason prices are going up. Renier, record highs on account of Ryan's drinking. Uh, orange juice futures are trading uh, near such highs. Sugar at an 11-year high as well. Coffee is peaking too. What's going on? Yeah, so it's a bit of a phenomena, which is something to do with weather as well. So we've seen how in recent months or even years, mm. weather patterns have changed quite drastically to the, sec- to the extent that they have affected commodity production. And this is where, for example, the likes of Brazil has had to deal with the La Nina weather pattern that has affected many crops such as sugar, coffee, soybeans. And this has created a supply tightness. And this has created a situation where now we've got near-term contracts being priced higher than those pri- than those price for further supply down the road, so it's been um, going through this situation for quite a while. Backward dated or backwardation is what's the um, description of how this curve, uh, this forward price curve, is uh, being modeled right now. And with this tightness supply in the near term, it's just causing prices to go up as people try to price in the disruptions and the shortage that is uh, starting to well, be feared right now. Yeah, Russia and Ukraine, the conflict between the two as well, contributing to supply chain disruptions. There's also higher energy prices and fertilizer prices to factor into the mix. Okay, now we switch to a video game. Remember the Angry Birds game? Were you ever a fan? Yeah, there's a big hit. Wasn't I'm not sure what happened to it since. That's true, wasn't it? It was huge. After Tetris, it was Angry Birds. Uh, the company that makes Angry Birds is Rovio, and they are our first entry this morning in Up or Down, where Ryan and I give our takes on which way the companies are moving. So what do you think, Rovio, up or down? I am a bit torn, <laughs> because <laughs> it is on one hand up for Rovio, because they are, according to reports, going to be sold to Sega yeah. for $1 billion dollars. But as we've been talking about, what happened to Angry Birds, right? 
And then this is a question. It may have already run out of steam. I mean, there's a big reason why we haven't seen it around and that's because it has failed to some extent reinvent itself. So is Rovio and Angry Birds worth $1 billion? And for Sega, it's going to be a, well, quite a tall task for it to pay off. Nearing a deal, Sega is. Uh, don't forget that Playtica, which is an Israeli peer of it, apparently made a bid sometime in January uh, to buy Rovio for also $1 billion Sing dollars, but talks there ended inconclusively. So Angry Birds apparently worth about a billion US dollars. That's how much uh, Sega reportedly going to pay for Rovio. I'd say one billion dollars. That's an up for Rovio in my book. Let's look at Merck. Alright, Merck is also going shopping and it's going to be buying Prometheus Biosciences for $10.8 billion. Mm-hmm. I would go for I would go for up. Uh, this is because it has to figure out how to find new revenue streams once some of its patents around the cancer space um, just expire, and they have to find this in this acquisition. But they have to pay big time for this acquisition. It's a seventy five percent premium to last Friday's close. That's the catch. Mm. But they do get a bit of a payoff because uh, they will get some drugs with the acquisition, and this so I guess help future revenue streams. So Merck wants to bolster its research pipeline. It wants to strengthen its portfolio, particularly for autoimmune drugs. But that 75% premium for what Merck uh, will buy Prometheus Biosciences for at $10.8 billion. I'm not sure if that is uh, an overpayment sort of situation. So I'm going to give Merck a down for this one, Ryan. Mm. Next up, a locally listed company. Let's look at ESR Logos Read. All right, I am going with up for ESR Logos REIT mm-hmm. and that's because it has seen a tenant renew its lease at a 20% hike. So this is a three-year term being signed by Siva Logistics. So good news, more money for ESR Logos REIT, at least on the rent and uh, rent side of things. Yeah, no argument with me there. I think that's great news for the logistics REIT. So I'm giving ESR Logos REIT and up on the basis of news that its tenant is going to renew its lease at 20% increase. I hope my landlord is not listening. Please don't get similar ideas. Let's look at ST Engineering. All right, I am going with up for ST Engineering. So it's more business in the form of a $200 million contract for two key systems for the cross-island line. So it's going to be designing and building the integrated supervisory, supervisory control system and the communication system for the cross-island train line. Mm. No argument there as well. That $200 million contract for SD Engineering means it's an up for uh, where it sits in my book. That provides a segue now really to talk about corporate share buybacks as SC Engineering was the second most active company on the corporate share buyback list just last week behind OCBC. That topped the list for the second straight week. Uh, taken together, SD Engineering and OCBC, they both accounted for some 70% of all share repurchases. I'll tell you though, it's the third company on 
on the list that actually caught my eye this morning. Uh, they're called Comba Telecom. It repurchased $1.7 million worth of stock last week, just a tad behind ST Engineering. And Comba Telecom is not a company that we see in the headlines every morning. It listed shares here in Singapore back in January. It's a secondary listing behind Hong Kong. Uh, can you share more about Comba Telecom? Yeah, so it's one of those companies, B2B, that does a lot of the back end and work you normally don't see because it is the really underground work. For example, the wires, the antennas, the repeaters that many of these telecom companies use. So mm. basically, it's a wireless coverage solutions provider in China. So it does the research, development, the sales of many wireless coverage products. And it also does a lot of project management, installation, and it is a lot around the telco space. Indeed. Uh, looking to India as well to boost its overseas market. Shares of Comba Telecom up about 6% on the Singapore market since its listing here at the beginning of the year. The stock is performing much better in Hong Kong, where its shares are up 15% during the same period of time. All right, for our last word of today, I have some games in mind. The video game-inspired film, Super Mario Brothers movie, it's top of the charts, Ryan. It's grossed nearly 680 million US dollars worldwide, which means that in just two weekends, it's become 2023's biggest box office hit. I didn't think that would happen the same year that a John Wick film came out, uh, but you said you liked the film, right? Yeah, so it was pretty good. So I was impressed and I did catch the earlier movie in 1993, which was a live action one. So this is really a different world altogether. It's animated after all. So I was quite impressed, so not surprised. Heads and shoulders above its predecessor. Another game I'm thinking about this morning is called Hurdle. Uh, We'll get to that in a minute. Have you played Wordle? Wordle, yes. This is another hit that has since faded Uh, away. Really? I still know a lot of people who play every single day. Are you still on it? Really? Yeah, I love it. Uh, Hurdle was inspired by Wordle. In case you're wondering, what on earth is a Wordle? Um, It's it's words that have like five letters in them, right, Ryan? And then you have to solve them. Like, so what is Hurdle? Okay, Hurdle uh, is where you have to name the tune. So it's been featured on Spotify. We used to play this on radio all the time, you know, as <laughs> yeah. games uh, for listeners. So Spotify just dropped the game about one year after acquiring it. Um, I've, I haven't got a chance to play it yet, but I hear it's just as addictive as Name the Tune and Wordle combined. <laughs> yeah, I've got to check that out. <laughs> Hurdle. All right. Thanks so much for joining us this morning here on Your Money. I'm Michelle Martin. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.